0: Welcome to Business Mentorship Keeping It Real, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who share their great ideas in our guest blog on ShareYourStories.Online. We have a returning guest, author Tara Mondow, who is launching her new book, Me and My Shadow. We will discuss the courage and motivation involved when writing a book series and how you develop a marketing strategy when you continue the story. Tara joins us from Cambridge, Ontario. Welcome hi trish how are you you know first of all big congratulations to you on writing a sequel to your first book so tell us what that feels like how long did it take you to write the sequel
1: you know what what does it feel like it's a roller coaster of emotions for Mm. anyone who has written and published a book it is all of the things um my feeling right now is super super excited because it was literally about 24 hours ago or less um, that I hit upload and to some people are like what's that mean well when you self-publish often you choose to self-publish through ingram spark it's the uh, largest distributor in north america so when you finally get your pdfs of the guts of your book the design of your cover so it's two files and you go to ingram spark and it's like okay upload your book and you press these two buttons and it literally takes like 30 seconds that is elation. That's the feeling of, all oh, right, it's been uploaded. So that's just one of the many emotions um, that I've been feeling over the past year. It's been about a year. This oh, journey. good for you.
0: Good yes. for you. Well, yes. it's it's. it's I, I love your comment. Thirty seconds to upload a year's worth of work. Right. Yes. I know it's, it's kind of a bit of a, a, a dynamic right you kind of go you you labor it's a labor of love when you're when you're writing a book now tell me a little bit you're writing a family story which is a little bit different so the first book was the perspective of your mom yeah. and now this book is your perspective so give us a little bit of background as to why you decided to continue your mother's story from your own perspective.
1: Right. It's a good, good question. So I'll just show you, this is the little girl in the mirror. So that's the first one. Kathy's story. So Kathy's my mom. Right. So it's her miserable childhood growing up in Stratford in the 1950s where her and her mom lived with a lady who was very mean to her, but that abuse, that sort of mental abuse was something that my mother carried with her, her whole life life, and to her grave. And I remember when my mom was about 39, um, she had changed her name from Kathy to Catherine. And she sort of explained that to us. It's a way of shedding this miserable childhood that she carried with her. Um, I'm like, okay, okay, Catherine, like whatever. I mean, I was pretty <laughs> young and I'm like, okay, mom, whatever, go get some more counseling. Um, but then when my poor mother passed away in 2010, she left behind a journal um, that she had actually written at this time when she was 38, 39 years old, when she changed her name Um, And I realized then, you know, her childhood, as much as I tried to dismiss it, really affected her. So I really wanted to write her story from her perspective. Um, So Little Girl in the Mirror is a five-year snapshot of a little girl who's between five and ten living this miserable existence. So at the end of that story, readers, I think, were left feeling like what happened afterwards. And I really wasn't sure if there was going to be a second book. Would it be from Rita, her mother's perspective? So my grandmother, would it be, you know, what was it gonna look like? Um, So it took me many, many years just to sort of let that percolate and let me feel the feels and think about, um, you know, what that might've looked like after. And then I got the brilliant idea um, to write the sequel or I'm calling it the companion novel. Um, It's 20 years later and it's the reader is brought back into the world of the same characters Um, but they sort of get to know them differently through the perspective and through the eyes of a different little girl who happens to be me. So that's why it's called Me and My Shadow, Tara's Story. Tara's Story. So this actually was a lot more fun to write. The first one's pretty heavy. It's pretty sad. Um, But the second one, I think it's, a lot lighter and it's quite a bit more humorous because that's my personality sure and uh i don't know about anyone else but when i was writing it i was laughing just about me and my mom and my grandma and my great grandma who's quite a character um in this book so writing it was a lot more fun um than little girl in the mirror
0: well you know what i love about what you've done is you had this wonderful sort of chronological and a really heartfelt words from your mom that you were able to sort of bring to life with the book in the first part. Yeah. But now you've taken her story and you've kind of been sort of a little bit of light and life to the next generation. Yeah. So in, in taking a look at the fact that you've written about your mom and then you've written about yourself, do you think that maybe there may be an opportunity for a third story from the
1: perspective of your kids? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I write a story about me? oh that would be a funny one
0: or, um, or even you write a story about them you know and and what their uh, ch- challenges are and if that you know and how they have evolved as people in this generational story
1: well I don't know what they could write about me because I'm the perfect mother so like, <laughs> she's perfect and we love her um you know they probably that won't even sink in what I'm like, um, and how it affects them probably till they're a little bit older, I'm assuming. I would love right. for them to write some stories. I'm sure they would be funny. Um, I will say that my daughters, our daughters, Lily and Amelia, they always say, Mama, write stories about when you were a teenager, because those are the good and The stories. fun ones, like, yeah. Oh, I don't know if I can write <laughs> about my shenanigans as a teenager. Although a couple of my friends have also mentioned that. So that would actually be something funny. Um, you know, our, none of our childhoods are perfect. Mine yeah. was probably better than obviously my mom's, which was maybe, you know, better than my grandmother's. I don't know. But um, we all have stuff that we've had to deal with, whether it's divorce or death or abuse or whatever, being a child of the 70s and 80s was wild and crazy growing up kitchener, sort of downtown kitchener. My brother and I laugh about the shenanigans we got up to. Um That would be a good book. But I will (laughs) say, me and my shadow, what I really love about it is although I am telling the story, and it's written like a novel, so um, it's not first person. But what's great for me is I felt bad for my grandma after Little Girl in the Mirror, because everyone's like, well, I didn't like that character. What kind of a mother was she? Right. And I'm like, well, I mean, we all make mistakes. We're not perfect people. We're not perfect parents. We're not perfect mothers. And Sometimes you find yourself in a situation where you're just doing the best that you You can. can. Right. And so I really wanted to bring Rita back into uh, the Me and My Shadow book to show her from my perspective, she was lovely. She was a kind and caring person. She was a wonderful grandmother. I spent tons of time with her. I had never had any issue with her. She was just a beautiful, wonderful, giving, kind person. And she didn't come across that way in the first one. So I think my goal, even more than telling my own story, and and their lives was really bringing her into a light that was more positive. Oh, that's
0: really wonderful. That's really (laughs) wonderful. Now you, you, in the beginning of our talk, you were making reference to the fact that you were uploading this file. So give us some indication now about the marketing. So there's, you know, we all know that the blood, sweat and tears goes into the page. And then from the page goes to the, you know, the platforms that we're going to share the stories, but, There is a heck of a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes from a marketing perspective. So I know with the first book, you had done a lot of really great, different, innovative things in getting the story out to share it with your readers. How are you now going to reconnect with them with the companion book?
1: Mm -hmm. Lots of good questions there. So one thing I will say is uh, the way I wrote the first book was completely different than the way that I wrote the second one. I have a lot more experience now and and know how. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you remember that I run a group here in Cambridge called Cambridge Authors, which consists of about 70 members of writers and authors really just living in Cambridge. Um, But through um, that group, we've gained much more knowledge around the writing. So it's the writing, the marketing, the publishing um, and how really. In the end if you want to sell your book you have to be a salesperson so right. that's very different than someone who feels like they just want to artistically express yeah, themselves through writing a book yeah. um so there's all that so that does make it what did you say one heck of a lot of work yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like a heck of a lot of work yeah. um but th- la- what i did so when i say this took a whole year and as an aside um if i was ever to publish like a little manual or a how-to sort of thing i actually just quickly wrote how to write a how to write and publish a novel in one year because I just wanted to document, like, what did I go through? You know, oh, that's I-
0: a great idea.
1: So, yeah. So then when I'm mentoring other writers and authors, I can go back to my notes um, and maybe I'll publish that and then they can have that. Um, but what I did differently th- with this one is a year ago, exactly right now at this time, it was Nano NaNoWriMo. So for those who don't know, it's National Novel Writing Month. It takes place every year, the month of November. And the goal is to write 50,000 words in 30 days that's so, quite a challenge, quite a challenge, but it, I needed that. I needed that to get me going. Um, so I did accomplish that. So it's really just a challenge. It's just your own personal challenge. There's no, um, no one's breathing down your neck. Um, but in the end, actually I won a subscription to Scrivener, which is a lovely, uh, writing uh, tool, an app that you can download to your PC. So that was awesome. Um, but I wrote the, wrote the bulk of it last November. And I'm only just now publishing it. So by the time you write the first draft, then you edit it, you call that your second draft. I sent that out to beta readers. Mm -hmm. Um, So for our viewers who don't know beta readers, they're just people, you know, that are kind of in the know a little bit about writing and editing and they'll read your story for you and give you feedback. If you ask for very specific feedback, Um, then you write another draft. Then you edit that one and then you make sure you have your editor. And I'm a firm believer personally in hiring a very good editor. Um, some people have their friends edit or their wife or husband edit. That's great if they're good at it. But I um, I spent the money and um, my editor, Jennifer Dinsmore, is excellent. She's very intimately connected with my story, both my stories. So but, you know, that takes six to eight weeks. So then you get that back and then there's another draft, another edit. Um, And then you want to get to the point where what I like to do is send out copies. So they're called ARC, so advanced reader copies or advanced reading copies. So then you want to find another bunch of peers to send that to, um, because really ultimately what you're asking them for is a testimonial or a praise, you can put that in front of your book. But what that means for me personally, I like to have it like 95 percent finished for them. So it's easy for them to read. So now I'm talking like cover design, spine, back, front matter, back matter, the guts, the whole thing. Um, But then summer was coming. So then there's like another slowdown, right? So I think too, for me, um, I work with a team at, it's called Volumes. Um, It's a self-publishing service, Volumes, which is under the umbrella of M&T Printing here in Waterloo Region. So their team is excellent. Um, So there's a whole team of people doing cover design and formatting for me. And oh my gosh, I'm just going to mention April is my contact there. And I'm like, God love April. <laughs> <'Cause> like, <laughs> she's like your guardian days, angel. <laughs> she is. She is. And I'm like, do you hate me yet? And she's like, no, <laughs> what do you need? So, I mean, without having her and her team to support this story with the formatting and the de- design, I um, don't know what I would do. And Pat, she's the other lady there. Um, so they are excellent. And um So by the time the design was done and all the um, last minute proof edits um, and the print job was put in literally two days ago. um, And then, like I said, so with Ingram Spark I just uploaded the files. So what that means is once that's approved and you hit publish, then eventually two to four weeks later, then your book is now available on 30,000 outlets across the globe. So of course, Amazon, Indigo, Barnes and Noble, like all of those, right? Joe's books. Um, all kinds of um, like independent booksellers. So that's when it's like really real when it's out there available for people to buy it online.
0: You know, one of the things that you mentioned, and that's some really great advice that you've shared with our viewing and listening audience, but I'm going to ask you a specific question. Do you know how many words are in your book? Because you did mention this challenge where, you know, writing 50,000 words in a month. So some people are like, wow, that's a heck of a, like how many words are actually in a book? So do you know how many words are in your book?
1: So this is crazy, I think, because I would never describe myself as an artsy person, um, even though I've written a couple books. Like I see your painting behind you. That would, <laughs> I tried to do that. Oh my God. So, um, but I am sort of savvy when it comes to marketing and promotion and selling a book. I think I'm pretty good at that. So I will tell you that shorter books are sometimes a little better. If you're an unknown author and someone's going to commit their 20 dollars to buying your story um personally i would like to buy a book that's a bit more manageable so if it sucks i can just put it down if it's great i can get through it quickly um but also shipping is a huge big mm-hmm. deal mm-hmm. and it's not getting cheaper that's so true. my books like they're actually if you can see they're both the same
0: yeah the same size
1: yeah cover around 260 pages mm-hmm. and the reason i do that is so that those books fit in the mail slot template at canada post right because if it fits through there i can ship the book for relatively $6. easy yeah if it's too thick it's like 16 20 right. so that's a huge i tell uh writers that i go i know it's i don't want to cramp your artistic style but consider that um Big, thick books are harder. So my books tend to be around 70,000, 65,000 to 70,000 words.
0: That's still a lot of words when you think about it. You know, when you wrap your head around the whole idea that even letter writing even is something that we don't do anymore. I mean, there was a time when that was the only form of communication, right? We wrote each other letters. So when you think of how hard it is even to write a letter, if you're going to mail something to a friend or family member and do something a little different, it's hard to come up with even 100 words. So, you know, to, so to think that you were able to successfully and that's, again, really great advice. You know, the number of words is translated into the thickness of the book, yeah. which really makes a difference to your point in the shipping, for sure. Yeah. Um, so all of those things are really very relevant. Now, you mentioned the Cambridge Authors Group and that you have, you know, 70 folks that and I was very kind to have met some of those, um, some right. of those folks in your group, yes, right? You yeah. and, um, and, you know, had a chance to and certainly at that time, there weren't that many members. But it must be a wonderful forum to be able to share all these really great experiences and ideas amongst each other. So how often do you meet and, and what is the
1: format for that group? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the basic, I think we've been around for about five years, I want to say, um, the basic idea is that we like to meet face-to-face once a month, So, Perfect. or we meet virtually if that's what's necessary. So it's a monthly meeting, um, so whether face-to-face or Zoom, and we, there's a team of us now, so there's four or five of us on a team, so it's not all on me. Um, Which is wonderful. So each team member will come up with a theme. So we just had our meeting on Tuesday. And that was an editor who's on our team, Catherine. She discussed editing. What's an editor? How much should it cost? How um, far along should your work be before you submit it to an editor? What should you expect back? So that was an excellent, excellent conversation um, to learn all about editing from an editor's editor's perspective. Right. Um, the month before, we had another member, Telma, and she talked about book launch. How do you launch it? Where do you launch it? How do you promote it? How much work? Looking at the timeline, when do you start? Six months ahead of time before your before the publish date, you should six months ahead of time is when you should start promoting it. That sort right. of thing. So right. we do have themes. Um, and so that speaker will speak for maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, and then it's open discussion for another half an hour, 45 minutes after. So everyone gets a it's chance terrific. to ask questions and get answers, but then every third month we make it more fun. So the next one will be a Christmas party and I'm in charge of that one. So <laughs> a Christmas party, we'll have food and drink and laughter. Um, and then we'll do that again in the spring and then we'll do that again in the summer. So, right. So you have a couple of meetings that are theme based and then a couple of fun ones, uh, intermingled and, and in and amongst the months.
0: Well, I think that what's really wonderful, um, Tara, is that you've not only have you taken the bull by the horns and written two books about your family generational story, but you're also helping other authors and writers to be successful in their particular, you know, getting the word out there and being able to sell their books. So I think that you know, the fact that you have this wonderful balance and you've created this this great synergy with other people, like-minded people is really a credit to you and your passion for writing. So uh, on behalf of all of those people, thank you so much for, for really taking, you know, taking the initiative and stepping outside the comfort zone and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Now, one of the things that we do in the guest blog is we ask folks for their three words of advice. Now, you wrote your blog based on your first book. And at that time, your three words were faith, courage, and enthusiasm. So would they be the same?
1: Yes, I will say they are the same because they are the words of our mother and uh, my brother and I laugh all the time. So I can't quite remember the movie, and I know that we tried to talk about this last time. I don't know if it was Meatballs or Stripes, or I. but I feel like it was Bill Murray. <laughs> maybe <laughs> it was Caddyshack. I don't know. Um, but I think he was someone who was trying to encourage maybe a team or a group to, you know, to, uh, to have faith, courage, and enthusiasm. But he said it in a way that my mom thought was so funny. So she would say, you've got to have faith, courage, and enthusiasm enthusiasm and she would be so excited to say that and Ronnie and I would my brother and I would laugh um so but besides the fact that she thought it was funny and she would say it in such a silly voice I think yeah faith in whatever it is that you have faith in courage um I I learned a long time ago when I was just starting my career I used to be a production planner in an automotive facility and uh the girl that hired me it was literally like a year older so I'm 20 she's 21 wise old owl that she was but she did <laughs> say to me you know It's okay if you make a mistake we will always fix it so i'd rather you try your best and make mistakes because we will come together and fix them so that is something i teach our daughters our teenage daughters that go ahead make a decision be resourceful problem solve come up with your best solution based on the information that you have in front of you at that time and if it ends up being the wrong decision we'll fix it no big whoop. so i feel like if you don't have the pressure of doing the right thing all the time you go to fly by the seat of your pants, which is what I do constantly. Um, don't sweat it. You'll fix it later. <laughs> That's, right.
0: That's really great advice. And I love the fact that your three words are tied back to your mom and yeah. this really wonderful way that she made a, a, obviously a lifelong impact on you and your brother with those three yeah. words. So thank funny. you so much for sharing that. Yay. Thanks for having me. Listen, it was really fantastic to, uh, to connect with you again, to talk about me and my shadow. And, you know, I loved your little sidebar there where you said you had written, um, you know, sort of the, the tips and tools for how to write a book on what you went through in that year. So I'm going to challenge you when you've, you're ready to hand out that manual, um, let's reconnect and uh, provide something like that for our viewing and listening audience who the folks who may be interested in and taking that leap of faith and publish and write their own books so
1: oh i would love to that yeah. would be ooh, a little challenge
0: yeah let's do yeah. that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's do that well thank you so much tara for, and you've provided some really great um not only life experience and the, the an author behind the scenes but also some great advice and some tips for people to consider so thank you so much for that To you, our viewing and listening audience, I'd like to thank you for joining us in this edition of Keeping It Real, where we introduced you to the person behind the logo. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series. And if you're interested in sharing your business story, visit our website at shareyourstories.online. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to meeting you next time when we share another great idea.